Thanks for joining us at Faith. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and draws you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service or find out more about the church, visit faith.church. That's faith.church. So guys, listen, we are continuing with our series on living for God in an ungodly culture. But today I, I want to talk specifically to, to men. This being Father's Day, I want to take some time to talk to men. Now I need every man to give me a grunt. Come on. Oh my goodness. A woman called you out and said, is that the best you can do? So I'm just saying, I, <clears throat> come on, man, give me a grunt. Come on. That's better. See, see. Ha! Take that one, lady. No, I'm just kidding. Bless you. Um, listen, I, I do want to talk to you about being a man. Not just a man, but a man of God in an ungodly culture. How many know this, that our, our world, our churches, our families, our culture needs men of God. Amen? We need men of God. And I'm going to lean into this today because I believe that God wants to raise up men who draw the line, and we've been in Daniel for a while, that are like Daniel, and say, even though everybody bows, I will stand, and you will do it in the right spirit and the right heart, because you're a man of God. So as we lean into this today, just a side note, we, uh, one of our, our elders and, uh, and one of my friends, he, uh, he, he has started an organization called 365 Christian Men. And you can go to the website, 365christianmen.com, and you can look at um, a lot of the things that they have on there. But they take inspirational stories from men, men who, who made a difference with their life, men who were, they weren't like well-known. There were men who said, I'm going to choose to follow God, and God used their life and, and moved the needle in other people's lives because they chose to be used of God. And they, they have a, a, a father's um, edition, and so you can find it online if you're interested in it. You can do that. You can type in 365 um, Christian Men and look up this on Amazon and other places as well. But anyway, just to give you a heads up about that. It'd be a blessing um, to you. But the reason why I bring that up is that we we are in great need of men to be men of God. Culture has inf infiltrated the church and infiltrated Christianity, and and it's and it's moved the needle from men being men of God to men looking like the men of the world. And God is calling us to step out of that. So regardless of your personality, this is not about a personality thing, what, what, what a man is, is this personality. Listen, this is about fathers and this is about men. And if you are today a single mom leading your family, then I want you to know something, God's grace is on you. And today's message will help you maybe see where you need to fill some of the gaps with your children and other role models from the church and other people in your life to do that. God is capable, God, God is able, and you are not going to suffer because of someone else's mistake if you surrender your family to the Lord. And I know many of you single moms will do that. And so I invite you to, to lean in today. For you young men, if you're not a, a, a a father yet or a husband yet today gives you some marker points that you want to reach for, you want to, you want to look into. If you don't have a role model in your life, this today will give you some markers that this is what a real man of God is. Because listen, you can be a male, but it doesn't mean you're a man. That should have got a good amen. You can be a male, but it doesn't mean you're a man. God calls men to be men of God. And so, fathers, I want to encourage you today. Also, families, I want to encourage you today to appreciate what your flawed, non-perfect husband or father strives to do for your life. And I promise you this, no man in this room would admit that you're perfect. We'd all say, not me. But we're striving. And so we're not looking for perfection but we're looking for progress. We're going to become the men that God's called us to be. And the text today is out of Joshua. Before we get to the verse, I'm going to give you a little backstory of what's going on. Joshua, Joshua has been appointed as the leader, the leader of the children of Israel. He's also the leader of his own family. But he's been appointed. And Joshua, as he is surveying the people he's been called to lead, like you men, he's concerned. There's a concern in Joshua's heart as a man of God that 
Though the, the, the people of God have come out of Egypt, they've come out of darkness, and they're free, that some of Egypt is still in them. Some of Egypt is still affecting their decisions. The voices of Egypt are telling them what to do. Just like in our lives, we are brought out of the kingdom of darkness by the grace and the love of God, by our faith. We put our faith in, in him through his son, Jesus Christ. He takes us out of being slaves to sin and puts us in the kingdom of his freedom and light to, now not, to not just be, just be people who we're, we're so grateful. No, we are grateful, but he also commissions us. He calls us. He gives us a purpose. He gives us a, a, a reason to wake up in the morning. He calls us to push back the gates of hell. But the problem is, is if you are thinking like you did in Egypt, while you're in the kingdom, you will do nothing with your life. And men are called to a particular role. Now it gets uncomfortable when you start talking about male-female roles because we live in a culture that's like there are no male or females. You can see the problem. But God articulates the man and the man of God and what he's to be. So I'm going to call us to that today. Men, are you with me? Yes. Ladies, are you okay with this? Yes. We're going to lean in. So Joshua's getting ready to leave. And he looks around and he says, man, I know we left Egypt, but I can see it right here. I can see it in this, I can see it happening here. So Joshua, as the appointed leader, calls every, has a family meeting of the people of God. Joshua 24, this is what he says, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth. In other words, there was another truth coming in. There was, there was another, another heart posture happening of, of sincerity. He goes, no, 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 in sincerity and in truth. Now listen, you can be sincere, but be sincere about a lie. And that's where the church confuses, but I'm, I'm, I'm sincere. I know, but you're sincere about a lie. And you can be truthful, you can have truth, but not be sincere and not act on it. You've got to have sincerity of heart and truth. So Joshua says, you need to serve it. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side. Everybody say other side. The other side of the river in Egypt. Serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, if you think, no, well, no, no, the, the, the Bible, I know it says that, but I know that's, that's evil now because culture says that's wrong. If it seems evil to you to serve the Bible, to obey the Bible, listen, you better make a decision because you can't have both worlds. Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the God of your father, so listen, the choice is ours. Whether the God of the, whether serve the world and, and that which was on the other side of the river, or the God of the Amorites, which is another group of people they didn't belong to, and whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. <laughs> Joshua steps into his rightful place as a leader, as a man of God to lead not only his family, because we hear it, me and my house, but also the people that God's put within his care. And he makes a decision, and he makes a choice. And so I'm going to give us three points of what a man of God is according to this passage. Number one, the man of God accepts that he is accountable to God for his family. The man of God accepts I'm accountable. He can't put it on anybody else. Whether he's good at it or not, whether he wants to be or not, if you are a father and a leader of a home, you will stand before God and give account for how you led your family. This is the truth. This is a biblical thing. In Joshua 1, Joshua is installed as the leader. Now listen, the moment before he was installed as the leader, he was not accountable for the people of God. Leading up to the moment of the installation of Joshua, he was not accountable to God for the people of God. The moment that he was installed, he was accountable to God for the people of God. The moment when you're walking up the aisle, men, you're not accountable to God yet. The moment you get up there, 
you're not accountable yet. The moment you stand there and you look at each other and you smile and it's wonderful and it's great and the music is playing and grandpa's asleep on the front row, but you knew that happened anyway. You're not accountable. But when you say your vows and you say, I do, before the presence of God and presence of people at that moment, you're accountable to God. That's why, ladies, it matters who you marry. All the women say amen. It matters who you marry. You're accountable to God. A man of God understands he's accountable to God for his family. In the Bible, the father is responsible for the spiritual direction and the well-being of his family. You might be thinking, Jason, this is really hard. Well, get over it. If you're a man, deal with it. Be a man. I'm just going to talk like we're at a men's retreat. Is that all right? Is that all right, my friend? I'm, I'm going to do it. Because I, I, I need this myself. In the Bible, God, when talking about generations and families, he's, God introduces himself like this. I am the God of your father, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. God never says, I am the God of Sarah, Rebecca, and Rachel. Not because women aren't critical in the spiritual temperature and life and leadership of the home. They absolutely, absolutely are. We need women of God, 100%. But it's not the role that God gave them. He gave it to the man. This has nothing to do with which one's greater, which one's more valuable. Nothing. This is about your role in the kingdom of God as a man of God. When Adam and Eve sinned, do you remember who God called out to? Hey, Adam, where are you? Adam, the man. I know, Adam, Adam listen, I know he was involved. So, and Adam says this, God, um, I know I sinned, but the woman that you gave me? God says, but hang on, I made you accountable. He didn't say, he didn't come down to the garden, Adam and Eve, where are you? He said, Adam, where are you? And from Adam, the Bible says that all died because of Adam, not because of Adam and Eve. Because God holds man accountable to his family, for his family. So, man, in your home, you need to understand this. It is your role. God has placed you. He, he has called you and anointed you and ordained you to lead your home. That's what he's called you to do. That's what he's called us to do. It can't go to anybody else. You have been anointed by God to lead your home. It's your responsibility. So when someone in your home comes and says, has, a, has a, an opposite opinion of what truth is, whose job is it to speak to it? Yours. Yeah, mom can be like, no, that's, go talk to your dad. That's crazy. Go talk to your dad. Mom can speak to you. Yeah, absolutely. There's a partnership. There's, you're mutually submitted to one another. Absolutely. But the man is accountable. So he speaks to it. Not as the authority of truth, no, no, as the, as the one who is submitted under truth and understands his role is to make sure what is propagated in my house is the word of God and nothing else. That's the role. I'm accountable. So you, when someone brings something in your home, it's, it's, not, it's not biblical, and they're like, no, this is it, and, you know, my friend told me this, and, you know, I, but I watched this YouTube video, and it said this. It would, time out, time out, time out. That's a lie. Let me guide you in understanding truth. Let's, let's open the Bible. Let's, let, let, let's, let's look at what God says about that issue. You don't do it harshly. You don't do it. You're not, you're, listen, this isn't, this isn't macho show. This is, this is leadership. Men are called to be the lead servants in the home. 
They're called to lead, they're accountable, and they're called to be the lead servants. And you guide your family into truth. You can't demand it, but you guide them. The man of God accepts he is accountable before God. Men of God, you with me today? Come on. Seriously. Does this mean all of us have been walking with this understanding, doing it right? No. We have we failed in areas. I've failed in areas in my own home. That's why we come to the word and it continues to remind us this is who we're called to be. And by his grace, God help me to be there. The second thing that we learn from a man of God out of Joshua is number two. The man of God chooses daily to submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ and to the word of God. This is daily, a daily, listen, it's a daily submission, a daily acknowledgement, God, I need you today. It could be minute by minute, God, I need you today. God, I submit myself to you today. God, I submit myself under the word today. Joshua says this, he says, serve the Lord. If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself. It's a choice whom you're going to serve. As for me and my house, I choose we're going to serve the Lord. I choose. Now, I want you to catch something here. The Lordship of Jesus Christ is not determined on if you make him Lord or not. He's already Lord. He's got the Lordship. It's his. He rules. He reigns. But what we do is we come under the Lordship. We submit to the Lordship and to his word. And it's a daily choice to be under it or not to. Listen, godly men, men of God, don't become men of God by accident. I promise you that. It's a choice. It's a choice of your will. It's a choice of, oh man, I don't, I'm going to choose. But here's the beautiful thing about choosing God. When you choose him, he then gives you the ability to obey him. It's, it's the grace of God. As soon as you choose him, he's like, that's what I've been waiting on. You've been choosing everything. But now you chose you. You say, I choose to be under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Lord, help me. And he says, I will help you. You don't have it. With, you've got nothing within you to be godly. You're depraved. But when you give your life to God, when you submit it under it, what happens is, he imputes righteousness to you and makes you righteous. And then he gives you the ability to walk out that righteousness and he begins to meet us and carry us along as we step and walk in our roles before God. Men of God choose. Men of God choose to submit. And I believe that God is waiting on the men of God waiting on the men of God to choose him, to be submitted to his word by means of choice and alignment. Choice and alignment. Choice and alignment. It's a daily walk. There's a blessing, though, that flows to you when you choose. So you, 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 can't, you can't have the blessing of God while not being submitted to him. And there's a blessing that when you come into the right order, listen, the nature of God is a blessing. The nature of God, everything that flows from him is a blessing. And so when you align your life with him, the blessing flows to you and to your family. It's, it's, it's the flow. It's how it works. So listen, there is blessing waiting for you. There is blessing that God wants to give you, that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights to those who align themselves. It's, it's from God that he wants to bless you. Listen, God wants to bless your life, men. He wants to bless your family, men. And so if you want the blessing of God, you better get under the spout where the blessing comes out, and that is an alignment with God. That's how you do it. There's no blessing outside of submission to God. We need to submit ourselves as men of God. But there's a flip side. What happens then if men don't submit to God? Well, actually, there's several illustrations in the Bible. But one 
It's the children of Israel. The men of the children of Israel were not submitting to God. They were choosing. They were serving parts of the world they were in, and they were serving parts of the culture. They were worshiping other gods. They were, they were choosing. And Isaiah shows us, as God is speaking through the prophet Isaiah, what will happen when men that are called by God to lead, accountable to God to lead their families if they don't choose. Isaiah 3 says, as for my people, children are their oppressors. So when the men of God choose not to serve God, their children become rebellious. Their children go off the rails. Not, not just in families, in, in, in communities. The, the children begin being rebellious. Why? Because the man of God has not stood up in his rightful place. Also it says that, and women rule over them. What, what this is talking about is that women have to take a, a, a place of leadership because the men are doing their, 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 their own, they're not serving God. It goes on, oh, my people, those who lead you, cause you to err and destroy the way of your paths. When the men of God don't answer the call of God, it affects not just you, men. It affects your family, and it affects the city you're in. It affects the nation you're in. It affects everything. It affects the church you're in. Men, we are who God has called to stand. And the truth is this, our world needs some men with backbones, men who will lean in, men who don't compromise, men who don't, don't try to look like the world in this setting and, and try to look like this on this setting. We, 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 need, we need the men of God. Jason, this is hard. I know, we're men. That's what we do. But Jason, listen, you're a man. Don't be a pansy. Follow the word of God. Men do hard things. You know why? Because God calls us to. Women, you do hard things too. So don't hear what I'm not saying. This is for us men, the men of this house. God calls us. And when we stand up, we align ourselves and the blessing of God begins to lead from us to our families, to our church, in our businesses, in our lives. That's what happens when you align. You choose this day, I'm going to serve him. And that's what we need to understand. When you're outside of God's order, your family is not in order. And the first step of order is an alignment with God. And it all starts with a choice. But the man of God accepts the, the, the reality that he's accountable to God. He chooses daily, submits his life. Why? Because he's a man. That's what we're called to do. And thirdly, the man of God is the protector of those God has assigned under his care. This is the nature of men. You still with me, ladies? You with me, men? This is the nature of, of men. God has called us to be protectors. Called us to do a lot of different things. We don't have time this morning to hit everything. But I want to lean on this to protect those within our care. It's our family. It's also in our church. It's also for the innocent. If we're aware of it and we're around it, it's our responsibility to protect. I can't protect somebody in North Dakota, but I can protect somebody that I see right next to me. Because we're protectors. I think so many times we get so caught up in protecting somebody that isn't our neighbor. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. And so we neglect our neighbors. We neglect opportunity to be men of God here when we're focused about something over there when first God wants us to be protectors here, leaders here. The Bible says that the man is the head of the home. Again, this isn't about value. It's about role. The head means a covering, a protection. God says God is the head of the man. In other words, God is his protector, his covering, his leader. And the man is the head and the covering of the home. Well, Jason, that, I, I don't like that. Okay, it's in the Bible. Jason, that's not, that's not, I, 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 that's not fair. I, I, talk to God about it. 
We need to understand that God calls us to be men that lead and men that love and men that serve and men that care. We're to be protectors. The man of God is concerned with the well-being of his home and those within his purview to see them. The man of God is in the watchtower of his home watching what's coming in, what's influencing, what's speaking to my children. He's in the watchtower. He's, hey, hey, tell, what, what's this? What's going on here? Why? Because it's his role. It's what God's called him to do. The man's the one that, that stands guard, doesn't allow negative influence, doesn't allow the culture of the world in, doesn't allow lies to be propagated in his home. He does it with kindness, does it with care, but he does it with resolve. Why? Because he's a man of God. He does it with grace. Why? Because he's a man of God. That's his role. And listen, a father, a father of his home and men, we are called to stand. We are called to say, hang on a second. Not in my house. Why? Because I have to give him an account before God. I will stand before God for this house. So listen, man, that means sometimes we got to pull up Lord of the Rings Gandalf and thou shalt not pass. Not happening. Don't send me any emails about Lord of the Rings. I, I, we're, we'll move on from there. But there, there's, it's, it's, a, it's your role. It's your anointing by God to do it. God calls you. He articulates it. Men, listen, your family needs to see you protecting them. Your family needs to see, the, see you leaning in. Hey, what's going on here? Hey, what's going on here? This isn't control. Control is because of the fall of man. Control is, a, is, is from a sinful heart. Protection and serving is from a redeemed heart. We're not called to control. We're called to serve. We're called to lead. So for me, listen, just, this is my personality. Every personality is different. I'm pretty black and white. My dad raised me to, one of my jobs is to protect the innocent and protect women, females. So when someone tries to come into my, my home or tries to intimidate me, excuse me, tries to intimidate my family, or harm them, or intimidate them, or manipulate them, or degrade them, or mistreat them, or deceive them. Listen, you, you, you're, you're, you're messing with the wrong family. This is my house. Because God said, I want you to protect it. Man, you're called to protect. You're called to protect. Are you going to be perfect at it? No. But that voice of protection sounds, it sounds different in different situations. For me, we were on a plane flying back from Bulgaria um, when we lived in the UK and we were coming back from, from a, a little vacation in Bulgaria. We had, somebody in our church had a place we could stay at, so we were using it. We came back, so we're sitting on the plane. My daughter's six years old and I hear this dude yelling. I thought, man, that dude's mad. And then I hear my daughter crying. And I look over, and some dude is leaning over my daughter's seat, yelling at her in her face. Six years old. She's cowering. I don't need to ask any questions at that point. So it was like this reaction. That's my daughter. Nobody else is called a protector but me. And he was mad because she was wiggling too much, and he didn't like it. I took my seat belt off, I stood up, and I said, hey, listen, bro, you get your butt in your seat. Do not speak to my daughter that way. I said, you hear me? He looks, I said, sit down. Now, at the same time, feel this, it's my wife, you sit down too. You need to sit down. <laughs> our, our families need to see us protecting them. That's, that's one voice. Listen, again, it's personality-wise. I'm not saying you got to be like me. I'm just saying, but your families need to know you. Men, men, does your family know you protect them? Something happens to your child? Do you not, do you not protect them because you, you, you don't want to hurt someone else in the family? Men, 
That's not leadership. You protect that baby. You protect that girl. You protect that son. They are number one. That's your household. Do not let the pressure of another family member. Uh Uh-uh, stop it, stop it. Yeah, I'm telling you, you protect them. Because you're going to be accountable. Do we fail? Yes. Is it our call? It is. Listen, that voice of protection sounds different. See, the, the, the voice of prote- or a protector also is discerning and insightful. He studies the strategies of the enemy. He knows his family is living in hostile territory. He's, he's knowing that there's messages trying to influence his, his kids. He says, oh, wait, wait, that's not of God. This is of God. And in the process, you're, you're, you're reading scriptures to try to grow more in, in your leadership, but you're becoming aware. You're the guardian. The man of God protects his family by calling out what is off, what is wrong. Joshua was concerned that the mindset that they were thinking, that the voices they were listening to was of Egypt, and he was going to rob them of their future and what God had for them. So he began to lead. And he began to assert his leadership and be a protector. And so he began to operate in his position as protector. Joshua had made his choice. And he had made his choice for his household. How can he make the choice for his household? Because he's the ordained by God leader of his home. No one else can make it. He says, whether the gods of your father served where they are or on the other side of the river, listen, you, you, you better choose. And he's talking to people outside of his household. And then he goes, but as for me, so he makes the choice, I'm going to be a man of God. And my household, we will serve the Lord. It's, it's a statement. It's a choice. It's a declaration. And so the man of God exposes the lies of the enemy. Ephesians 5.11 says, had nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Man, it's your job to be discerning, to expose agendas, to expose lies, to expose what's happening in your kids' hearts and minds. Yes, you work together with yourselves, absolutely. But you will be held accountable. That voice sounds different. The protector voice sounds different. It sounds like this, hey, um, where are you going tonight? Where are you going to be? Who's going to be there? Hey, tell me about this uh, girl you're hanging out with. Does she go to church? Which church? How often? How come she doesn't go to Faith Bible Chapel? No, it's not. <laughs> Sweetheart, before you go on that date, um, I'd, I'd like to meet him. No, no, I, I want to meet him. No, I'm telling you, I, I, I want to meet him. Why? Because you're a protector. That's, that's who you are. You're the first line of defense for your family as you submit under God. You ask questions, do, do, do they know Jesus? Do they love Jesus? Talk to me. The voice of protection sounds like, hey, what, what are y'all watching? What's it rated? What's it about? Voice of protection says, hey, how you doing? Tell me some things you've seen online lately that you need to talk about. What are you seeing and hearing about gender? What do you think about that? What are your friends saying about it? What's your teachers saying about it? Hey, TikTok, tell me about TikTok. Here's one. Hey, let me see your phone. It's not because I don't trust you, because I'm protecting you. I'm your protector. Parents, if you don't know the code on your child's phone, it's time you find out today. You got to be a protector, man. I know. Some kids are like, I want my privacy, then pay rent. But until then, I'm checking your phone. 
It's not to be mean. It's not to be controlling. It's to recognize that I will stand before God. And he'll say, did you say anything about what you knew was off? No. How come my wife didn't want me to? What does that have to do with you, son? Did, did, you, did, you, check, did you check the phone? Or, no. How come? My, my, my wife said it, it's, it's not. It violates privacy. What does that have to do with you, son? You're a protector, man. Obviously, you have conversations. You're respectful. You're kind. You're gracious. Why, 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 why do you lead out of graciousness? Because you're a man of God. Men of the world lead out of aggression and control and power. Men of God lead out of grace, assertiveness. But we're resolute. And we don't back down. And we don't bow. Because we serve our families. Because our families desperately need us to do it. The voice of protection sounds like this. Hey, what, do you th- what does the Bible say about sexuality? What's the Bible say about sex before marriage? Let's talk about it. What's the Bible say about marriage? What's the Bible say about homosexuality or homosexual sex? What's the Bible say about heterosexual sex? Tell me about your youth group. Hey, what did you think about Pastor Jason's message? Men, we must stand and protect our children. All the information that comes after them, everything that's trying to rewire their brains. Listen, we get all the information and we, we protect. We put it all on the sifter as the leader of the home. The sifter is the word of God. And we shake it and we talk about it and we shake it and we talk about it. And what falls through is a lie. What remains is truth. This is what we're going to believe in this household. Because the Bible says, men, that's what God calls us to be. We are leaders the man of God protects, not just, from, not just from other things, not just from those types of things, but from stress. The man of God protects from disunity. Hey, hang on a second. What's going on here? Listen, we're called. Let's reconcile. The man of God's the first one out to bring reconciliation. The man of God's the first to say they're sorry. The man of God is the first to admit they're wrong. Why? Because we're men of God. We do what's hard. We lead the way. Because there are young men that are watching us that our world desperately needs for a man of God to say, hey, son, follow me as I follow Jesus. Let's do it together. Our our nation and our world needs men to be men of God that promote righteousness and show repentance and live our lives in a way that brings honor to him. You know, as we've been teaching through the book of Daniel, it's it's so interesting. The, The book begins with Nebuchadnezzar going to Israel. Getting the sons of God out of their homes, getting what's sacred in the temple and taking it out of there. It's the spirit of Nebuchadnezzar. And it's happening today. The spirit of Nebuchadnezzar, it's making its way into our kids' minds, into our own churches. The spirit of Nebuchadnezzar is taking what is sacred and saying it doesn't say that. They're taking this word of God and using it to promote their own agenda. It shall not be at this church. It shall not be in your home. We are men of God. We stand up. We care. We are vigilant. We protect. We are kind. We are loving. And we are totally dependent on the grace of God. Because we can't do it on our own. That's what God's called us to do. And men, is it easy? No. Is that what God's called us to to be and to do? Yes. We need each other. The men of this church need to stand. Men of this church need to be men of God. Not men of vibrato, not men of manipulation, not men of the world's stuff. But men, submit ourselves to God and understand, I'm it. I'm going to stand. The truth is, a lot of times, families don't, they don't know what opposition is coming against the home until the man's gone. And then you realize, oh man, 
I didn't realize what he was carrying. I didn't realize the, the winds that blow. I didn't realize this. So today I, I want you to think for a moment, when's the last time you showed appreciation for the man in your home? Is he perfect? No. Did he make mistakes? Yes. Have there been things that have gone on you didn't know about, but he's, he's trying to, to be the man of God to, to clean it up? Yes. Does it all fall on him? Yes. Does it fall on you? No. And you show appreciation for him. And you say, thank you. Some of us have terrible stories of fathers who, who, who hurt us. On this day like today, you think, if you're a female, you think, I'm going to marry a man. That sounds like that, what Pastor Jason just said, because I'm going to break the cycle right now. If you're a, a young man and this is your story of a father, you say, come on, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to be the man of God. I'm going to break this cycle. Well, every generation is going to get better because of me, because I'm choosing today. <laughs> Moses wasn't perfect. Joshua wasn't perfect. Men of God are not perfect, but we're still responsible. It's God's call on our lives. We carry a lot as men. It's our job, it's what we do. One of the greatest things that this world needs is courageous men of God, but what happens in our lives it's called discouragement. As we try to live for God in an ungodly culture, they tell us, you're not enough. You're an idiot. We try to do our best to provide for our families, and there always seems, ah, there's just not enough. You're a failure. We're tired. We're, we're cranky, and we're, we're, not, we, we, we're not always the best emotionally. After we've spent our emotions for the day, we come home and then we get told we're failures because we're not emotional enough. It's hard for us to even, you, you ask a man what he thinks, he did have a thought until you asked him. Now he's like, I don't know, what do I think? I don't know. <laughs> and families, church, our men need to be encouraged. They need to hear, I believe in you. They need to hear, thank you. They need to hear, I so appreciate how you just keep moving forward. Thank you. Thank you for bearing the weight. Thank you for being the one out front. For you single moms, you need to know God's grace is on you. You're carrying so much. His grace is sufficient. God is calling the men of God to be what he's called us to be. So the question is this, when's the last time you encouraged the man in your life? Men of God, when's the last time that you encouraged yourself in the Lord? When's the last time you prayed for your father? When's the last time you prayed for your husband? If you were to measure what you say about him negatively and where he fails and where you appreciate him, which one outweighs the other? Men need to be encouraged. Everywhere we turn, we're told we're not enough. We're not enough. We're not enough. We're not enough. Our families need to be a place that say, come on, let me lift you up. Because no one else can stand in the gap for your family except for your father and your husband. So we encourage, we lift up. We bless, we don't curse. We have conversations, we don't condemn. Men, if we've failed in commitments, then we, we say we're sorry. Why? Because we're men of God. If we've failed in areas of, of our lives and moral areas, we repent before God and we tell the family, I'm gonna choose today, I'm gonna be different. Why? Because you're a man of God. God is calling men to be the men of God in your home, in this church, in this community. Let's be men. Amen? Men, are you with me? Come on. Let's all stand to our feet today.
I'm going to ask today if you men, just as a sign of faith and a step of surrender to the Lord. If you're a man here, whether you're a father or not, whether you're married or not, if you're a man, could you step out of your seat and come forward for us to pray together as men of this house? Can we give the men of this house a hand today? Amen. Come on. This is, your, this is your, your front line defense right here. These are the men. If you can, we can spread out. You just make your way there to the right. Squeeze in there. If you can, you come on down. I know maybe for some of you it's uncomfortable. I know you don't want to be too close because we're men. We, we. I'm not going to have you turn and hug somebody. So just. But coming forward is a step of faith to say, God, I want to be the man of God you called me to be. God, I, 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 I want to be that. And I recognize that I got areas I need to grow in. Every single one of us here. But I will tell you this, friends. Your family needs you. This church needs you. This city needs you. This nation needs you. If you don't stand, if I don't stand, who will? Who will? And so church, extend your hands to these men today. Men, extend your hands to the Lord to receive from him today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that we would step into our rightful place as leaders, as protectors, as those who choose daily the purposes and the will of God and the Word of God. God, today we step into our rightful place to serve those around us, to protect the broken, to protect our families. Spiritually, God, today we make a commitment. I'm going to learn from your Word, God, in my life so I know what to stand for. God, today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to begin to lead. I'm going to begin to speak to things and get things out of my house that never should have been in there in the first place. I brought them in there. Look, God, forgive me. Do it today, men. God, today we are laying our lives at your feet. Today we make a commitment that we want to be used of you. We want our children to prosper. We want our wives to feel loved and protected. And God, when I stand before you as the leader, God, of my house, of my home, and my life, I want you to say, well done, good and faithful servant. God, today, we repent before you anything in our lives that has crept in, that we have, we've had one foot in Egypt and one foot in the church. God, today, we submit our lives as men of God. Why? Because that's what men of God do. They repent when they fail, and they trust in the goodness and the grace of God. Lord, today, I ask you that you would anoint us fresh and new to be the leaders in our community, in our workplaces, in our church, and in our homes that you called us to be. We shall be the men of God. We are the men of faith. We are the men of the word. We are the men that serve one another. We are the men that need one another. We are the men that sharpen one another. We are the men that surround ourselves with other men who are pursuing to be everything you called us to be. And God, at the end of our lives, may we look back and say, God, I wasn't perfect, but I gave it everything I had. God, I thank you today that these men are men. They are men that are called to protect. They are men that are called to stand. And we today, we will be Daniels and we will be who you called us to be. So God, we surrender our lives to you. We lift our lives to you totally and wholeheartedly today. And God, as men, we lift our hands and we sing this song together, God, as we surrender and lift up, oh God. Yes, God. Come on, make it your prayer. Thank you, Jesus. For you, and I lift my hands up, lay my whole life down. My whole life now is for you. I lift my hands up, lay my whole life down. My whole life down before you. I lift my hands up, lay my whole life down.
my King all forever. We give it to you, God. All praise to the Lord Most High. I give you my life. And all praise to the One who saved my life. All praise to Jesus Christ, my King of Heaven. I live, oh, I lift my hands up, lay my whole life down. Yes, we do. My whole life. For every you, part, every part. I lift my hands up, lay my whole life down, my whole life now is for you. Man, I want you to hear something today, just from my heart. Your mistakes and failures do not define what God can do with you in the future. It doesn't. But this moment is a moment where it all changes for you. For some of you, there are areas of your life you've always kept from God. Not today. Give it to Him. He wants to use you. I'm proud to be men of this church with you. I look, I look, I see many of you I, I admire so much. I admire your, your grit. I admire your faithfulness. I admire your, your ability to, to, when you fall, to get back up. I admire you. And men, let's fix our eyes on Jesus. And let's be the men that lead and stand and guide our families. Let's be the men, when we do step into marriage, that we, we say, number one, I'm accountable. Ladies, make sure you marry a man who understands that. Men, make sure you understand we're it. Let's stand strong. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, we give you and commit our lives to you. God, I thank you for these men that on Father's Day, they chose to be in the house of God. God, I pray today you would anoint them, you'd strengthen them. And may we as the men of faith continue to be led of you, continue to repent when we fail, continue to cry out to you, continue to choose, continue to stand. And God, may you anoint us to do it in a greater way in our culture today. Thank you, God, for the generations that are going to be transformed because we chose today. We're not going back. With the cross before me, the world behind me, there is no turning back. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you, man. I love you. Appreciate you.